Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with your co-host, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and his wife, Jeannie. Michael and Jeannie share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. They offer tools and support five days a week. They will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love. In Aramaic, Rachma. Michael is the author of Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.whyagain.com. And now your co-host, the forgiveness doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. To the brightness within you and the truth that is rooted within me. Hi and welcome to Mind Sifters Radio with the forgiveness doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm your co-host, Jeannie Rice, along with Dr. Tim Hayes, and we welcome you to the show. Today is Thursday, October the 1st, 2015. Our call-in number is 646-200-4169. Press 1, and that puts you in queue to talk to us. And we would love to hear your comments and your questions, because that makes this your show. Welcome, Michael. Well, thank you, dear heart, and welcome, everybody. We're honored. And blessed by the fact that you choose to join us as we engage in understanding this game of life. And, you know, if you put somebody behind the wheel of a car or into a car without teaching them anything about driving, they might jump up on the dash and start driving down the road, looking out the rearview mirror and wondering why they crash. And when we have a world of people who are crashing into each other, when we have a genetic history of people crashing into each other, we fall asleep. We have a sheet, actually, was named by Susan Darnell after 35 years, called a wake-up sheet. When do we wake up to the truth of how it works and stop following the patterns of all the generations who've been driving from the dash of the car? There's a sweet story that I posted on Facebook, and if you're not connected with me on Facebook... Jeannie and I, uh, JM underscore RYCE is our Facebook page. Send a link, connect with us. But here's a story that just so simply describes how to drive the car of life. You know, we think if we can go kill ISIS, if we can just put the murderer to death, if we can drive the car from the dash, things are going to get better. If we can criticize our children enough, if we can condemn our spouses enough, if we can just straighten them out, then maybe things will improve. And we're trying to drive from the dash of the car, looking out the rearview mirror. Here's a farmer's story that says it all. There was once a farmer who grew award-winning corn. Each year he entered his corn in the state fair where it won a blue ribbon. One year, a newspaper reporter interviewed him and learned something interesting about how he grew it. The reporter discovered that the farmer shared his seed corn with his neighbors. How can you afford to share your best seed corn with your neighbors 
when they're entering the court competition with yours each year, the reporter asked. Well, sir, said the farmer, didn't you know? The wind picks up pollen from the ripening corn and swirls it from field to field. If my neighbors grow inferior corn, cross-pollination will steadily degrade the quality of my corn. If I am to grow good corn, I must help my neighbors to grow good corn. He's very much aware of the connectedness of life. His corn cannot improve unless his neighbor's corn also improves. So it is with our lives. Those who choose to live in peace must help their neighbors to live in peace. Those who choose to live well must help others to live well, for the value of life is measured by the lives it touches. And those who choose to be happy must help others find happiness, for the welfare of each is bound up with the welfare of all. The lesson for each of us in this is, if we are to grow good corn, we must help our neighbors grow good corn. Quote from Proverbs 11, 24, 25. It is possible to give away and become richer. It is also possible to hold on too tightly and lose everything. Yes, the liberal man shall be rich. By watering others, he waters himself. Of course, it's been said a thousand ways, and uh, hopefully, I know for me, it's like I, I heard it in a new way as I read that little story. It's uh, by Anonymous, Anonymous. <laughs> drive from the driver's seat. Drive as a human. Drive your life. Operate your life from love. That's the seat you're designed to sit in. You are not designed to sit in the seat of generational, genetic, hostility, fear, rage, guilt, grief, pain, drama, trauma, vengeance, penance, punishment, or servitude. You are designed to live as you started out. If you've ever held a newborn child, you know exactly where you're supposed to live. Hold that newborn Start to ignore the voices of the generations. Begin to apply the wake-up sheet, the forgiveness process. Remove the realities based in hostility, fear, and insanity. And together, we create a new world. When we can get a critical mass of people, you know, Yeshua 2,000 years ago said a little leavening leavens the whole loaf. I think we can be fairly well assured that he wasn't talking about bread. He was saying, if each of us could just help our neighbors grow good corn, everybody would have a full, happy belly. War, conflict, and strife would disappear. It is possible. But if you sow the seed of, no, it's not possible, that's a utopian dream, nobody could do that, they stay on the dash of the car, looking out the back window, and hoping some backward, insane, non-being mind solution will repair your life, and it never will. The solutions that come from a state of being, that newbornness in you that is as alive as it ever was, it may be covered up, but it is as alive as it ever was. And it can't be touched by anything that's ever happened to you. And it doesn't matter what happened to you. 
We choose to hold the space of love and support for the healing of everyone, no matter who they are, no matter what they've done, no matter what's been done to them. Why? Because everything that anyone has ever done out of insanity was done out of a state of mistaken identity. Mistaken identity leads to theft, to divorce, to conflict, to war. When we forget who we are, when we forget who those around us are. Yes, those who run ISIS are the same people as you and I. What if we helped them grow good core? What if we were to forgive from within ourselves those hostilities and fears that leave us separated from the truth of who we are? I would offer that every disease and disorder would disappear from your financial life, from your physical life, from your mental life, from your emotional life. Everything that doesn't belong would disappear. But you can't sow poor seeds into what appears to be someone else's life without growing that very crop within your own life. So I invite you to breathe with me to soften to soften the places in you that hold anything that isn't based in the truth of who you are and reclaim your identity the truth is you started out as this awesome sweet presence of active love and that's the only identity that's true about you that's the only identity that's true about anyone you think about. It's time for that mistaken identity stuff to go and to really, truly live as sane people. As you breathe and soften, remember your true identity. You're made of God's stuff. You're made of love. That person you call enemy is made of the same stuff. Breathe deeply. Remember the truth of your being. We're here to support you in reclaiming your true identity and forgiving, letting go of anything that's unlike your true identity. Literally, capacity for any form of hostility or fear. So that's our work together, and we are honored and delighted that you're here to share the space with us and to engage in the development and the understanding and the expression of these tools. Jamie, is Dr. Tim with us today? He is, and he's on. Great. Well, let's say hello to the young man. Good afternoon. How are you, sir? I was just breathing with you and tapping into that awareness of our 
joint nature. So I'm doing quite well, thank mm. you. Awesome. Yeah, I love how Einstein says to us, if you think you're separate or separated from the rest of humanity, you're living in an optical delusion. Our mind tricks us into all sorts of things. And when we get tricked, we stop growing good corn. <laughs> so I join you in growing good corn and supporting all of our neighbors doing the same. Yeah, I was I was thinking as you were doing that, I was dropping into experience and just kind of like I was floating down to the bottom of a pool and watching lots of thoughts float <clears throat> float by on the surface. And I was thinking about discussions with Michelle and Susan and all these other quite intelligent people who've done a lot of different study and bringing up sources like Course in Miracles and other people. And, and it, it was like the thoughts about what to call it were floating across the top of the pool, and I was just at the bottom just kind of watching all those words and descriptions but just feeling more of that connectedness. And that's what I think we're after here is just dropping into the experience far more than we really want to be able to say it just the right way. We want to, we want to usher people into reconnecting with the experience of themselves as that energy of love and creation. And because there really isn't any way, based on the language that I've learned, to describe it accurately or to put together any kind of a rational statement that really holds water in every circumstance as to how someone could do something like the, the atrocities that we do to each other and at the same time be made of that energy of creation. And yet, if I relax into and breathe with a description like the one you gave and a, a parable like the planting the corn, when I'm lucky, I start to shift into an experience that just really doesn't have any good words for it. And And the more I do these worksheets and the more I do this release work canceling goals, the more that's happened in my life. So I'm quite grateful for that experience. I certainly join you in that. I came across a... Uh, a list of some quotes from Carl Jung. Posted them on my Facebook page today too, with some commentaries for just some of the uh, more powerful quotes of Jung. And one of them he says is the meeting of two personalities is like the contact of two chemical substances. If there is any reaction, both are transformed. Become aware of who we transform with, because who we transform with is our becoming. Is, is powerful. Then he says, everything that irritates us about others can lead us to an understanding of ourselves. And when we recognize that our eyes are not windows, but they're injectors, and we're always feeling the effects of our own content, just leads to a, a powerful space where we can drop beneath all of that into the truth of who we are. Go for it, Tim. You had another thought? 
Not hearing you, Tim. Are you there now? I'm here. You must have reached over, and pressed, reached over and pressed my mute button. Ah, um, I did it. Yeah. Guy Finley, in, in one of his lectures, talks about love as the intention to make a connection. And he talks about people like Mozart, whose intention to make a connection certainly bore fruit with the beautiful creative energy he was able to tap into and express. And I was just thinking that Carl Jung is one of those people who really held that intention to make a connection, really opened himself to explore and experience different things, and in a lot of his writings communicates beautifully what, as you've talked about a few times recently, we all have access to that higher level of intelligence if we can put ourselves in the receptive mode and clear away enough of the garbage that feeds our dream of separation and um, and wake up. Yeah, the wake-up sheet, it's a wonderful thing. Yes. You know, I've, I've I've shared the you know another quote that I came across. Only this time is more complete than the one I've shared before from uh, from Jung, where he says, "Who looks without dreams, who looks within awakens." The first part of that quote actually is, "Your vision will become clear only when you can look into your own heart." And then, who looks without dreams, who looks within awakens. And, of course, that's what that wake-up sheet's all about. Yeah, and Jung was uh, the one who said that, you know, you don't become enlightened by sitting around visualizing images of light. You become enlightened by bringing your darkness to the light, by being willing to look. Isn't there a, a quote from Course in Miracles that you say you must... You must. You might ask why you have to look at your hatreds or whatever. Yeah, you must wonder why you must look. You you wonder why you must look upon your hatred and realize its full extent. And it's because it does not rest on itself. There's something underneath it when we're able to look there. And for sure. And another quote through Course in Miracles has to do with in one of the lectures you say it that. All you have to do is see the beginning of the error in thought, and it dismantles the effects of it. Unravels. Mm -hmm. And, of course, that's a sticking point a lot of times for people when they come to group and, and they've been studying with someone who talks about, you know, Stay away from the darkness and only visualize light and protect yourself from all the evil thoughts in the darkness and don't repeat anything that's negative and move away from anybody who's negative. And, and that, that may have some utility in certain situations, but I think if it's practiced on a regular basis, it's what you, you call premature positive thinking. And then you're building a, a, a mansion on the sand right near the water's edge with no foundation underneath it, and it's just not going to hold up very long. Yes, for sure. 
But if we understand that our true nature, the one you were describing earlier, is that energy of love and creation is far larger, far broader, deeper, and stronger than any illusion of separation or negativity, then there is nothing to fear in looking at my negativity. And once I start to tap into that realization, then it opens the pathway for me to to move more quickly through the garbage of my generations and the negative thoughts and negative energies. Yes. Another one of the quotes that I've got on this list from from um, Jung is, uh, and it, it ties right to that, is knowing your own darkness is the best, me- best method for dealing with the darkness of other people. And how cool is that for an insight? <laughs> yeah, well, especially once we realize that uh, it's everything's connected. So and it's like the, the whole Pono Pono, um, the doctor who teaches that, he's constantly talking about 100% responsibility. So I'm in a room and somebody walks in and they're angry or they're bitter or they're confused. My job is to do my own clearing clear up in me any kind of response I have to the person who walked into my awareness who is operating from a position that's less than love. These aren't quite his words, but it's the same. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm blending the two different ways of talking about things. But he talks about 100% responsibility for everything I see and feel and hear and taste and smell. And if it's something that is less than loving, I do my own work. I I do my own internal clearing rather than focus on them and try and get them to change or wonder why they aren't changing, etc. Yes. Another deep insight from Jung until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. The creative process. You know, take care of the heart in front of it or the issues in life. Yeshua said 2,000 years ago. And, uh, and then, of course, we addict ourselves. And uh, Jung says every form of addiction is bad, no matter whether the narcotic be alcohol, morphine, coffee, or idealism. Actually, I added the coffee in there. I, I did that for Michael Coughlin. I knew he would appreciate that. <laughs> hmm. So I join you in just moving to and being that space of love in the world. It's an awesome privilege to get that opportunity. Shall we check with Jeannie and see if she's got anybody with a hand up or anything happening in the phone queue or in the uh, the uh, chat room? Sounds great. Let's go for it. Jeannie? Yeah. What's happening have out a there hand? In, in control panel land? <laughs> it's quiet in the chat room, uh, but we do have a hand up on the switchboard. And let me say, yesterday when we had to close the show, we had two people that had popped in like in the last five or six minutes of the show. So if you're out there listening, um, let's do it earlier in the show so we have time to get to you. Uh, the caller is area code 541. I believe it might be Julie. Is this Julie from Ashland, Oregon? 
Hello there. Have you got your mute button on, Julie? Are you mute challenged? Come talk to us. Area code 541. 541, you're on the air. You're live. Come play with us. Talk to us. Well, I guess uh, we're not uh, getting through. Maybe she got uh, somebody coming to the door or got busy with something. So do we have another caller? Anybody else with a hand up or anything happening in the chat room? No, it's all quiet on the home front. While we're waiting for someone to raise their hand or for someone to ask a question in the chat room, uh, we are getting really close to setting up two Florida intensives and uh, we don't have it finalized yet. We're waiting on uh, some information from the person whose home we're using. But it's going to be within, it's in Orlando or Kissimmee, within like five-minute drive to Disney. So if you decide to, after the intensive, to turn it into a vacation as well, you're really close. But we're, going to, we're looking at doing from February the 1st to February the 16th, a 16-day communication Codependent standard dependence practicum, and then one day off, and then follow that with February the 18th to March the 4th, 16 day laws of living. Uh, the cost is a little bit higher than it is here at Heartland because our cost is higher. Um, so watch for our website, or we'll announce it again tomorrow. But uh, right now, that's what we're looking at. Yeah, and if it all comes through, if if what if the house we're looking at, it's just an awesome, luxurious, private pool kind of place that's just absolutely beautiful. I mean, decorated in the uh in the style of kings. So we're gonna have a really sweet space to work in if this all now we're still on the if stage because we haven't gotten confirmation on it, but we've put in a a bid on the house, and if it comes together, then uh, and the and the intensive will be limited, Jeannie, to uh, to what about thirteen people? There's, I think um, it'll actually be. It's got seven bedrooms, and so it'll hold fourteen people. But we're two of them, so that means twelve. Okay, I thought we had room for seventeen total. No, it's got seven bedrooms, okay. and each bedroom sleeps okay. two people. Awesome. Cool. So anyway, put that on your calendar, month of February. Come through the whole month with us. It will be fabulous. And, of course, we'll confirm once we get a confirmation on the property. We're still waiting for them to uh, to get back to us, but hopefully it's going to fall in place. And, and so February, you know, if you're up there in that winter stuff, that cold, icy, snowy, you know, it's not coming yet. It's actually kind of chilly here in Theodosia this morning. It's on the cool side. Uh, needed an extra blanket on the bed last night and, of course, turned off the air conditioning and uh, and just opened the windows. It was absolutely beautiful for sleeping. We got a gorgeous day. It's probably about, I don't know, maybe 65 today and just beautiful here. So... And, of course, we've got, uh, let's see, Stuart. Uh, I don't know if Stuart's listening. If he is, he might uh, push one and uh, and check it and let us know how his driving progress is coming. He's uh, he's probably getting pretty close to Heartland, driving in from Colorado. And then tomorrow, uh, Terry and Susan and Scott will be driving in and joining us. So we'll have the, the crew here by we tomorrow We just had a hand go up. Okay, let's say hello. Nine seven zero, you're on the air. 
Well, hi, Jeannie and Michael. This is Stuart. Hey, how's that your journey? Remember? Hey, young man. Yeah, so, yeah, my, my GPS says I'm about 24 miles out, but, of course, uh, that doesn't mean 20, uh, 24 minutes uh, on a road that's uh, windy as this. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's probably Not on these roads, so. it doesn't. <laughs> we should probably be here just about the end of the show, so that'll be perfect. That's kind of what I was timing anyway, so um, I stopped in Branson for just a little bit just to kind of check it out, and I've never been there, and uh, and I should probably be there in a half hour, 45 minutes. Awesome. Well, travel safely. Enjoy that uh, that trek. You know, we, we bless these roads every time we drive them because it keeps the city folks out, and that's how we how we stay so isolated here, being in – actually, this is one of the large, largest counties in the country, and I don't remember exactly what the population is, but it's probably somewhere around 7,000 people in the whole county. So, you know, it's like a square block in New York, and uh, this county is spread over I don't even know how many – hundreds of square miles, so it's pretty pretty cool, but those roads are uh, are a bear to drive. Yep, no worries. I live up in the mountains in the, uh, in the same small town in the same kind of county, so I, I'm familiar with the roads. Cool. Fabulous, sir. Well, we'll see you in a little bit. We'll look forward to it. All right. Thank you, Michael. Right, anything to share? Anything, anything in, in particular on your mind? How's your energy doing with uh, with looking at your arrival? Um, you know, it's been good. I, you know, I've had I've had uh, some processing as I've been driving, and, and uh, got to do some worksheets last night, and and uh, stayed in Kansas City uh, at a hotel there, and uh, that allowed the dogs, which was nice, and. Um, yeah, you know, I kind of go in and out. Um, I uh, all of a sudden I just stopped and had lunch a little while ago, and uh, I've, I've got a tooth that's giving me a little trouble, and I'm like, uh oh, I don't know what that's about. So uh, um, I actually had uh, a dentist look at it uh, a couple of a couple of weeks ago, and uh, there was a possibility of it uh, needed to be extracted, but uh, they put me on antibiotics, which I reluctantly. It, but uh, thought, okay, that would solve it, and it took away the pain and took away everything. But all of a sudden, now the first day it started to show up again. So I'm like, uh oh. <laughs> but uh, I'll just put it in Ruka's hands, and I'm sure everything will get worked out. I will hold the space, and we'll see you in a little bit. All right, thank you. All right, sir. Travel safely. Okay. Fabulous. Well, Stuart is uh, is on his way, and uh, Scott is driving in. Both Stuart and Scott are going to be here at Heartland for a while, and, and it's going to be um, be interesting. You know, all the years we've been doing this work, and uh, for their first visit there, and you know, having conversed with hundreds of people that have been here over the years, I think that uh, Stuart and Scott are probably two of the most committed to doing their work and actually putting the pen to the paper and doing the forgiveness process. So if uh, if anybody's out there that wants to take your work to the next level, you might want to look at this time period for coming and doing a work support program or being on the support team. There's going to be some awesome support for uh, 
for learning the tools and an awesome opportunity to take Heartland to the next level of uh, of proficiency and and being the jump off platform. You know, Heartland's basic uh, purpose from day one has been that of creating a platform for delivering forgiveness to every mind, heart, and being on the planet. And so that's its purpose. And uh, we're getting ready to upgrade it to the next level for for making that available on a global scale. So, and I don't know if, have uh, if Scott might be out there. If, if Scott's driving, maybe Scott would check We have a too. caller. Uh, he was. Oh, let's go for it. Area code four oh four. You're on the air. Hi. How are you today? We're good. Who are we talking to? Where are you calling from? This is Sherry from Atlanta. Hey, welcome, young lady. Glad to hear from you. How can we Thank support you. you today? What's exciting in well, your world? I, I, oh, oh goodness. Well, I, you know, I just wanted to get your thoughts and hear, um, I guess, your thoughts or concepts around surrender. You know, it seems as though, you know, when, and I'm talking in terms of relationships and people, it, it seems to me that there are layers of surrender that once, you know, I, I feel like I've, I've, you know, released and let go, it, it's like another wave of, you know, comes over me where, you know, I've got to let go again. And so um, just wanted to get your perspective on, on that and maybe some tips. Well, one person uh, several years ago asked me the question about, well, how often do you need to forgive and let go? Uh, you know, do you do it once? Do you do it twice? And my answer was, well, sometimes it's ten times in a minute. <laughs> We need to do it as those as those layers come up. You know that uh, little story that I read in the beginning of the the fellow who who shares his best seed corn with his neighbors because he realizes that the pollen from their seed is going to impact his field, and you know that's not exactly the way the world has worked. That's not exactly the way we've been taught, and so we need. I, I think one of the things we need to do is learn what to surrender to because. The truth is there's only surrender. You know, in order to do any behavior, in order to take any action whatsoever, we've got to surrender to something. We surrender to the advisor in the mind that says hate or fear, or we surrender to the advisor that says live is love and share your seed corn. And so there's only surrender. And second by second by second, I think one of the things is to to keep remembering to surrender to the advisor in your mind that comes from that state of love. And that advisor comes into activity through the silence, not not through activity. So remembering to take time to be in the silence and, you know, the beauty of the forgiveness process, the reality management uh, awakening uh, worksheet is that when you utilize it, you, you get the mind to shut up. You get, you get the advisor of the past based in hostility or fear that's always demanding you surrender to it. You get it to shut up. And when it collapses and shuts up, the other advisor's voice becomes so loud and surrendering to it becomes so easy until the non-being mind wants to kick again and again and say, oh, well, but, 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 what about? And, you know, it's a process of continuously surrendering to that higher voice and that higher state. So that would be my take. Dr. Tim, do you have any thoughts about that? Well, you pretty much 
said one of the things I was going to say is that, and, and it, it, from the first time I heard you talk about it, it really has helped me a lot with the idea that, in truth, I'm always surrendering to something, and I don't have a choice about whether or not I'm going to surrender to one thing or another. All I have a choice about is which thing I'm going to surrender to. When I think about it and I realize I have no idea how my heart keeps beating when I'm asleep and my breath keeps moving or how I digest food when I eat it, I really don't have any idea how I decide to get up out of the chair and move across the room, then it's a darn good thing there's something bigger, more intelligent than me that's driving the implementation of whatever I choose and so it's a very good thing for me to have that shift in my perspective to think, well, well, I'm always surrendering to something. And then once I realize that, I I dismantle the negative attachment or judgment I have or have had for decades in my life attached to the idea of surrender, you know, being raised in a world that's so competitive. And if I just realize I'm always surrendering to something and I don't really have a choice about that, then I can relax into enjoying the fact that I do have a choice about which energy I surrender to. And then it's an easy decision most of the time for me to surrender to love. Yay. Jeannie, any thoughts in that regard? No, that's perfect and beautiful. And uh, but we do have another caller. Okay. Well, does that complete a uh, question from our four hundred four caller? Yes. Yes. Thank you very much, all of you. Thanks. Any other thoughts? Any other way we can support? No. Oh, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Awesome. Well, delighted to be on the team. We'll look forward to the next time we hear from you. Blessings. It may be Julie back again, area code five four one, you're on the air. Hey. Is this Julie from Ashland, Oregon? Thank you for your patience. (laughs) I got a call right before. You give me that silent treatment. I don't know, I have to do Uh. worksheets on it. (laughs) (laughs) Wake up sheets and um rising up sheets. We're rising. There you go. So um okay. So I loved everything you were using words to express. You and Dr. Tim earlier, everybody, we we do our best to use words. And I have an offering today. Let me test it and see if you can hear. Can you hear that? Loud and clear, yes. Okay, good. Here's my nonverbal translation of why is this happening to me again. (laughs) Here you go. Thank you. 
Wake up. Awesome. Okay, well, that was in the present moment. That's all I can say. Sweet. I just love all of what we're experiencing now. It's awesome. And I thank everybody, everywhere, for every contribution, every second, every breath. Okay. So... I, I breathe with guys. you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so um, thank you so much. I feel really empowered by um, this whole last week. It was so powerful, every show, Michael. On Monday was that man who called in for the first time from New York. Yes. I hope he keeps listening and calls in About some more. Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then... Tuesday was really good, too. I think that was the day that Susan brought up the wake-up sheet. But what you talked about early in the program was amazing, too. And um, Boy, I don't know. I've got to re-listen to it all. But um, And I'm, pro- I'm going to be doing that as regularly as possible and gear myself to contributing to the archive, you know, some descriptions. They may be brief for starters, but it's better than nothing. You know, awesome. <laughs> and um, that's great. Just email them to me as you get them, and I'll put them out there. Okay, cool. It will start to work. And all I can say is my plate is very full on the. Um, oh, my plate is full, but I, I love it, and so I'll tune in again. <laughs> Saying goodbye now. All right, blessings. <laughs> Take care. Bye bye. Love you. Bye bye. So 646-200-4169 is our call-in number, and we are honored to share our corn with you. And, uh, you know, that parable of the sowing of the seed is, uh, is so powerful, and to recognize that every word we speak, every word we surrender to is a seed, is a vibration that uh, produces a result. And to share the highest seeds we have with each other is a gift that produces such a, uh, right now for me, just as I speak when I'm speaking, it's it's like a feeling in every cell of my structure, that presence of love that we're designed to live in. How different could the whole game be if every word that each of us spoke to each other was based in the presence of love? Now, somebody might say, well, what about those persons who aren't doing what they're supposed to do? It's like, okay, so you can speak those words to them too. Well, yeah, but what if they're making me mad? Well, nobody can make you mad unless you've got words of mad in you. So you own your madness. You awaken from your madness by forgiving. That's what the reality management wake-up sheet is about, is waking up from the belief that anything can make you mad, sad, glad, or afraid because nothing outside of you can. It's all an inside job. It's all done with smoke and mirrors. And when I choose to always hold the space and share the highest and best that I have, and I'm supporting my own crop, such a great analogy, such a great... uh, metaphor for everything that we're doing 
imagine if we could get the the people in the deepest hatred, the hatred of war on the planet, who all have totally justified beliefs about the other side and that the other side deserves to die, those people with ISIS who would behead others. Why, why would somebody behead another person? Because there is so much trauma and pain in them that the feeling of power that comes over them to raise a sword and cut off somebody else's head acts for a moment as an anesthetic. And they're relieved from their pain and they feel some power. But it's so, so temporary. What if we could focus and extend to those persons the active presence of love? What about the person who hates ISIS? What if instead of pain, they were living out of the active presence of love? How different would their family relationships be? How different would their relationship with their spouse be? How different would that person's relationship with their son or their daughter be? How different would that person who hates ISIS relationship be with their parents if they could but speak and think words of love toward ISIS? It's all an inside job. It's all done with smoke and mirrors. So let's conspire. What's the word conspire mean? It just means to breathe together. Let's breathe together on bringing forward the active presence of love into our physiology and into our world. And we're down to about 14 minutes. So yesterday, as Jeannie said, we had a couple of callers, but couldn't get them in. And where are you guys? Come on, put your hand up. Let's get it now. Let's not wait till the last minute when there's not enough time or... Would you rather self-sabotage and wait till the last minute and go, oh, I tried, but I couldn't get in. So here it is. Just push one, and you're talking to us. And if you're in the chat room and you can't write anything because you're not signed up, just simply go through the simple sign-up process. Blog Talk keeps your information very private. And then you can ask questions or make comments in the chat room as well. So we would love to hear your sweet voice one way or the other. So, Jeannie, anything happening in the chat room or anybody with a hand up in the phone queue? We do have a hand up. It's area code 616. You're on the air. Hi, Jeannie and Michael and Dr. Tim. It's Nancy in Grand Haven, Michigan. Well, hey there, young lady. How are things in Grand Haven? It's got to be getting a little on the chilly side here, I would think. It is getting chilly up here, yes. We do have sunshine, so that's a blessing. But um, I want to. You look like to... from your Facebook posts like you had an absolutely <laughs> awesome journey this winter. I did. The summer, you mean? Uh, the winter and summer. Winter the and summer. summer I mean, yeah. yeah, the whole. I mean, it seems like you've been doing this for months now, but it looks like it was. I know awesome. it does. It it does seem that way, and sometimes, yeah, it gets a little much. But um, it's been a great, <laughs> great experience. Um. I wanted to make a comment because I was speaking about surrender yesterday with somebody. And so Sherry from Atlanta brought it up. I wanted to read this quote from Gandhi and then have you give me your perception on what he means here by surrender. What it says is, 
strength does not come from winning. Your struggles develop your strength when you go through hardships and decide not to surrender. That is strength. Mm-hmm. So, I'd say that's right, absolutely on track. And, and, we, and we are, in essence, saying the same thing from a different perspective. You are going to surrender to something. And what I hear him uh-huh. saying is don't succumb to or don't surrender to your weakness or your trauma or your pain, but rather stay connected to your source and surrender to that. So there's always, you know, in every surrender, there's not surrendering as well because every time a voice in you says, sow the seed of active love, there'll be another voice that says, kill that SOB, <laughs> right? Right. So that's what I hear mm-hmm. him saying is refuse to surrender to the weakness, the pain, the trauma, and keep surrendering to the presence of love. Okay, because I was having a, a lengthy discussion with someone yesterday about that and surrender. Mm. You know what? What? What exactly does surrender mean? You know, and 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 how to explain that to somebody that would use this quote and said, "Well, it says right here, Gandhi says not to surrender, and that is your strength." Right. You know what I mean? It is your strength. Mm-hmm. Not to surrender to host- the hostility and fear-based mm-hmm. mind. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, mm-hmm. a strength. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then you have to come from and. Of course, again, it's surrendering to the advisor in you said that says you could function as the active presence of love here. You could bring mm-hmm. through your true being and true strength. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Thank cool. you for that. Thank you for awesome. the clarification. Delighted. Now, did you catch right. the, uh, the fact that it looks like the latter part is not confirmed yet in February? We're doing laws of living in Florida, so maybe you'll join us there. Oh, that's a that's I know a that you missed that. interesting possibility. Yeah, I missed this. I missed the summer yeah. session because I was right. out and about, and you guys were doing other things. So, yes, I was out playing. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah, every well, time great. I looked, I had to do a worksheet on envy. <laughs> she's in Paris, and she's in yeah, Italy, that. and she's in this beautiful countryside. In that beautiful countryside, it's like we're back here working. What What are you doing? <laughs> well. I needed a break. I needed time out. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not so possible. Want, I, want, like I, want, I wanted to take time out, yeah. And it's a gorgeous trip. world that we live in. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay, Fabulous. so thanks for the input. Appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, I'll sign off here. All right. Lots of love and blessings. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you. 646-200-4169 is our calling number. If you have a comment or a question, we'd love to hear from you. How can we support you? What part of your mind needs to be forgiven that keeps you from surrendering to love that yells so loudly that you find it impossible to do other than express through hostility or fear? You know, it's interesting. Uh, one of my, one of my, you know, favorite tongue-in-cheek lines is that having children. Is like having your unconscious mind hang out in true living color and Dolby sound. And so, do you ever find yourself surrounding so hostility or fear toward those cherished little people around you you call your children? Or your spouse? Such opportunities. 
not and the sure. beauty is that the world is always tuning into what we need to heal next and sending us someone that will arouse that in us. And if we stay conscious, then the transformation that Jung was speaking about can be that into a higher state rather than a lower. And Jeannie, I'm sure I heard your voice starting to say something. Yeah, I'm not real sure. The The switchboard flickered and it was like Nancy disappeared and then came back on, so I'm not sure. Nancy, did you have something else you needed to add? No, maybe not. I guess not. <laughs> okay. Cool. Well, anything happening? Anybody Anybody exciting in the chat room today? Anything to share? It is all real quiet. Six four six two hundred four one six nine and press one. We got six minutes. It's time to get a question in. It is. It truly is. Let me uh let me just go to another of the let's see of the Carl Jung quotes that I came up with today. You are not what you do. Pardon me. You are what you do, not what you say you'll do. It's interesting how many, interesting how many people uh, will make a commitment to say, this is what I'm going to do. And then when they don't do it, they have all kinds of words. Give them excuses for doing what they did instead of doing what they agreed to do. So, Carl Jung says, you are not what you do. You, pardon me, you are what you do, not what you say you will do. And then another one is, uh, you know, refers to the the five smooth stones of David, at least in my mind, and this, this particular one refers to choice. He says, I am not what happened to me. I am what I choose to become. The choice always comes into the play. And when we receive choice, when we receive input from being, we can live an inspired life rather than a controlled or a driven life. Here's another good one. You know, a lot of people are in this big discussion about right and wrong. And Jung says, the pendulum of the mind oscillates between sense and nonsense, not between right and wrong. And, of course, that's the mind that's functioning out of the state that uh, um, David Bohm called sustained incoherence that we've talked about so much. Once you heal your mind, your mind will tend to oscillate between love and appreciation. Once you've healed your mind, your mind will oscillate between love and appreciation. They'll be the two options you have in each situation. And when life comes along and challenges you and isn't following all of your goals, if you healed your mind, then you'll stand as a space of love. Yes, you'll hold people accountable for what they do or don't do. But your mind will go to love in that situation instead of the old hostility, fear, right and wrong game. 
Carl Jung speaks of his own childhood, and he says, as a child, I felt myself to be alone, and I am still, because I know things, and must hint at things which others apparently know nothing of, and for the most part do not want to know. And for those who have chosen a path of hostility or fear, that's most of this show. That's what we're talking about all the time is looking at those parts that we'd rather not know are there. You know, again, go back to that one that says that when I look at my own darkness, then I can deal with the darkness of others. When I face and forgive my own darkness, and what I do when darkness shows up in my life is life, light, both words are appropriate there, when darkness shows up in my life is I focus on light. I just bring light into it. And that's the key to all healing, physical, mental, emotional, relational, financial, societal, the whole game. So what's the part of me I don't want to look at? Another quote from Carl Jung. The privilege of a lifetime. Come who you truly are. Powerful, powerful. Then he says, people will do anything, no matter how absurd, to avoid facing their own souls. Now, my take would be that we could adjust that just a little bit because it's really facing our own unconscious dynamics that we do the absurdities in our life lives around. And then he says, there is no becoming conscious without pain. Now, we're going to look at the pain that's stored within us. And when we have a memory of pain, we can forgive, we can move through, we can breathe through those things and let it go. We can awaken from it. Here's an interesting one. In all chaos, there is a cosmos, and in all disorder, a secret order. In other words, everything in the universe is conspiring to make you successful at living as a true human being, as the awesome presence of love. Sometimes that looks like chaos because we need chaos to bring forward the chaos in our minds for healing, and so we get that opportunity. And that's what we're here to share with you each day, and our our hour is just about up. It's been a quick hour. We appreciate each one of you who joins us. And if anything's been meaningful in the show for you today, download it, listen to it again, share it with somebody else, send it on and share it. Bring a stranger to the show tomorrow. And in the meantime, create the best year yet of your eternal life. Mark your calendar for February, two intensives in Florida. And have the best year yet of your eternal life. It's an awesome gift to give. Blessings. Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice and his wife, Jeannie, who present the internal Aramaic process of forgiveness. Michael and Jeannie are here every Monday through Friday on Earth Angels Radio. For more on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.yagain.com. That's www.yagain.com. 
Y-A-G-A-I-N.com. Evolving continuously.